0: This podcast channel is about you, successful international entrepreneurs, successful expats, successful investors, sponsored by Contacts. Okay, so good evening or good morning, depending on where you are. Uh, welcome to our latest live stream where tax we do these tax live streams these q a's every week some weeks we do more than one so if you have a look at hjr you tax you'll see what the uh what what's coming up if you want to have a look at our upcoming events so as always we're gonna have we're going to talk about all things tax but This is just a general discussion. So don't expect that at the end of this, you'll get actionable advice. You're gonna take notes and you're gonna do stuff on your own, right? What we're doing is identifying general principles and general ideas that you need to take up with your chosen tech professional. So the important thing is that you need advice, right? So this is not advice. This is educational. We hope that it is educational. Otherwise you can take it as entertainment, but this is not advice, right? There's no way we can know your situation inside out based on this exchange. You need to engage a professional who would know your situation inside out and whom you have personally engaged. So for those that were asking, yes, this is being recorded as for those that are joining us on Zoom, you'd see that you're prompted to accept the fact that it is recorded and it will be available on several platforms afterwards. Basically, we're gonna put it on over 20 platforms. So wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you will be able to to access this. If you are on Zoom and you do not want your image to be captured on the video recording, all you need to do is keep your camera switched off. Otherwise, your handsome face would be shown on the recording and that should be okay. All right, so without further ado, I will turn you over to Ariel. Ariel, the floor is yours. Ariel, you are on mute, so you need to unmute yourself. Oh, sorry, sorry. So uh,
1: thank you, Darren. (laughs) Once again, thank you very much for this invitation. And uh, hello everybody, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I will, I'm Ariel Katz from Arms Katz & Co, uh, a firm with officers in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. I will share my presentation and we'll have time at the end for uh, questions that you can write down in the chat. Uh, and, and we'll get to that sort of um Can you see my uh, presentation now? Yeah? All right. So, my name is Zohar I'm an accountant and also a, a lawyer. I work at Amos Katz & Co. And as I said, we have offices in Jerusalem and. As you can see from my view, I'm speaking to you right now from Aviv. Our office was established in 1997. We rank among the 40 largest companies in Israel, which means that in one hand, we are not small, meaning that we are one-stop shop for everything you need in Israel for accounting, taxation, audits but we're not too big, meaning that our clients are not get lost here. Um, so I said I'm a counter-tenal text lawyer, I'm teaching for over 10 years in the UGU University and also in the IDC, and I have a gold medal from the IDC BDS, I feel it So uh, after this brief, I want to speak of uh, some interesting, uh, uh, information regarding U.S. and Israeli taxation, uh, and to points with U.S. and Israel, uh, 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 combining the U.S. and Israeli tax system uh, get interesting. So the first thing I want to discuss, I assume that many of you are already aware of, is the benefits for first-time Israeli tax resident and returning residents. Um, First-time Israeli tax residents, in Israel usually call them olim chadashim, ole chadash, are exempt for 10 years from tax and reporting on their non-Israeli uh, source income. And also a veteran uh, returning resident, meaning Israeli that are outside of Israel for at least 10 years, are also exempt for 10 years. If you are outside of Israel for six years or more, but not 10 years, you'll be exempt for uh, years. Uh, Please keep in mind that you're only exempt on non-Israeli source income. I have many clients that uh, thought at the beginning that if they receive a salary from a U.S. company, for example, uh, this is exempt because they thought, okay, a U.S. company is paying me, so this is not an Israeli income, which is not correct. A salary uh, is regarded an Israeli income if you're working from Israel. And it doesn't matter if the uh, employer is Israeli or uh, from other places in the world, like the United States, if you're working from Israel, it is is an Israeli source income and you have to report and pay tax on that. Uh, However, if you are the owner of this company and you will receive a dividend from this company, a dividend from a U.S. company is regarded as a U.S. income, meaning that you will not pay a tax on that if you are at the 10 years of exemption. Please also be aware that if you're uh, coming to Israel, you are allowed to, to have an adoption or accommodation year, meaning that you can have a one the first year without deciding whether you came back or not coming back to Israel, uh, and this is good for people that came to Israel or coming to Israel, but are not sure if they're going to live all their lives here or to come back after a few months. Uh, one of the most important tax planning for this kind of people is the end of period tax planning. Uh, a person that, for example, is in Israel for seven, eight, nine years and is reaching through his 10 years in Israel, very very important to do the end-of-year period tax planning, uh, to check whether he needs to move assets from one year to another, to distribute dividend, to change something. It's always smart to to consult uh, before the end of 10 years and at least one year uh, before that. Uh, So this was the first point. I want to move forward to a few other points. Regarding US and Israeli taxation issue. The first one is the tax credit. As you I uh, uh, assume uh, already aware, if you have an income from the US and the US took the tax out of it, Israel uh, uh, will not double tax you. However, if the Israeli tax rate is higher from the US tax uh, rate, you will pay only the difference. This is true with respect to income tax. However, with respect to Bituach Lumi and national security, uh, there is no uh, a double, anti-double taxation treaty, meaning that with respect to Bituach Lumi, you will pay double. You will pay national security in the U.S. and Bituach Lumi in Israel. For example, if you are self-employed in Israel and you are a U.S. tax person, you will pay both Bituach Lumi and national security. Uh, and there are some ways to, to, to deal with that. The first way to deal with that is to have your uh, operation, have your business via yeah, a company, uh, because companies are not paying with Dua and companies are not paying national security, Israeli companies are not paying national security, and then you can take a salary from your own company without paying uh, national security uh, in the US is one solution, there are other solutions, but please be aware that if you are a central code in Israel and you, you are a tax person, uh, uh, this is something that you have to take care of. Uh, another issue is uh, employees' option taxation. Uh, many employees in the uh, high-tech uh, industry receive options in, this, in their companies. The problem uh, with Israeli and US taxation with respect to options to employees is that Israel want to tax you on the day you you receive the money and in the US, uh, USA want to tax you for the period in which you uh, receive the options. Meaning, let's let's take an example that you work in the US for four years and received options as an employee. And then you move to Israel, and one day after you move to Israel, you, you exercise all the options, sell all of the shares and had an income. From U.S. tax point of view, you have to pay tax because all of these four years, you work in the U.S. and your options got vested. However, from Israeli point of view, if you had your gain in Israel, even if you came to Israel one day before that, you have to pay on that in Israel, and this is quite a problem. Uh, uh, and it's related to many Israelis that are going for relocation periods in the US. And also, here uh, uh, there are things to do with respect to that, but uh, you probably need a, a specific uh, consultation. Uh, another issue is who is uh, considered uh, an Israeli tax resident? I mean in Israel, in Israel, we are checking what we call the center of life test. If your center of life is in Israel, you are regarded as an Israeli tax resident. If your center of life is outside of Israel, in the US or anywhere else, you are not regarded an Israeli tax uh, resident. And uh, you should know that uh, uh, one of the goals of the uh, management of the ITA, the Israeli Text Authority, one of the inner goals in the last two years is to make uh, uh, more people to be regarded as an Israeli tax resident, meaning that if you will be in Israel uh, uh, more than uh, 90 days a year, uh, not 183 days like it's today, you may be regarded, even if you stay one quarter of the year, you may be regarded as an Israeli tax resident. But uh, just to, to be clear, this is something the management of the ITA wants to do, but it's still haven't done. I mean, the legislation with respect to changing who will be regarded to as an Israeli resident, uh, is still not complete, but uh, it's something they want to do. Uh, I want to move forward to a few other issues, Israeli taxation, Israeli U.S. taxation issues. The first of it is investing in Foreign companies from both sides. Most of the Israelis that are investing in U.S. companies are doing that via a U.S. LLC, which is usually a, a transparent entity. Uh, the fact that the U.S. Uh, LLC is a dispenent entity means that in the U.S. you will receive a K one and you pay you will pay the tax in your personal tax return. In Israel, uh, basically, this company is not regarded. a transparent company. However, the ITA published a circular telling that you can elect this U.S. LLC will be regarded uh, 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 quite the same uh, as a transparent entity in Israel. However, it's not a full transparent entity, meaning that according to the ITA position, you cannot offset the income and loss of two separate LLCs. I mean, if you are profit in one LLC and loss in another LLC, in the US you can offset them, but in Israel, according to the ITA uh, uh, circular, you are not entitled to to offset them. Uh, uh, So if you own more than one LLC, uh, it will be smart to to consult over this uh, point, uh, because otherwise you you may have uh, uh, to pay double tax. Another issue is the U.S. uh, inheritance tax, meaning uh, if a person dies and is even, not a U.S. person, an Israeli person, but he holds U.S. uh, assets, he may need to pay, uh, uh, not him because he died, but uh, uh, the state will have to pay inheritance tax. Uh, uh, So people that are old or people that uh, uh, their health is not so good uh, or even everyone should think about uh, how to minimize their exposure to US inheritance tax and the way to do it is to invest in the US via an Israeli company to use a trust or to buy a life insurance to cover your potential taxation. And there is a threshold in can correct me if I'm wrong, which is around 60 or 70 thousand dollars. It's quite a low threshold. I mean, if you have major investment in the US, uh, uh, you need to look out and to make sure that you are not exposed uh, to this situation. Um, the next point I want to discuss is how companies are regarded as an Israeli company or non Israeli company. I have many clients who discussed with me about opening a US company, for example, opening a Delaware company, uh, using Skype to open them the company. It's very uh, cheap to do so. You pay a few hundred dollars, you have a US company in Delaware, uh, you you have a mechanism to, to get uh, funds into it via Stripe or any other software. And uh, I also tell to these clients that they must aware that if the management and control of this company is from Israel. The Israeli tax authority will look at this company as an Israeli uh, uh, resident company. Meaning that this company is have to, to uh, pay tax and report on all of this income from Israel. And of course uh, 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 the US uh, uh, authorities will want this company to, to pay tax in the US as well and then uh, we have a, quite a problem between the IRS and the ITH. Uh, um, So, usually for Israeli tax resident, uh, uh, they have to be aware that if they open a, a company from outside of Israel, uh, it will be better to put them somewhere to be as a manager or have some shareholders in non Israeli to minimize this exposure or to have at least a, 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 some kind of mechanism of. Uh, having one Israeli company and one US company and have one to pay uh, the other one according to uh, transfer pricing uh, uh, methods in, in order to make sure they don't have a, a big tax exposure, not in the US and not in Israel. So basically, discuss the problem uh, 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 of the LLC uh, that one. Uh, uh, but if you have an income in one LLC, you have a, and you have a loss in another city. So you cannot offset with them one from another. There is a new a new uh, approach uh, over the last uh, let's say six months uh, by the ITA. They, prob- they published uh, some kind of a new circular for comments, and they may change the uh, uh, all the approach that you cannot offset one LC with another, but since it's seems something uh, uh, quite in the gray zone. Uh, we don't have a, 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 a full and final answer because even the IDA are not sure what will be their a, a final idea about this issue. Uh, the, the next and probably the last thing I want to discuss here is uh, US. Uh, tax persons uh, uh, that are having Israeli exempt income. For example, if you're a US tax person and you're selling your uh, only apartment in Israel, you will probably be exempt in Israel. However, you may have to pay tax in the US. And another example, if you have a quite minor uh, income for uh, a rental income, below around 5,000 shekels a month, will usually be exempt in Israel but again you have to report and pay tax in the US and here I want to tell you everyone that uh, if you're a US tax person you will always have to consult with two people your US uh, uh, consultant and Israeli consultant and maybe have them both uh, speak together to make sure that nothing is missed out and that your tax planning Uh, uh, is taking into account both your Israeli income and your uh, uh, U.S. income from both Israeli tax perspective and U.S. tax perspective. Uh, So thank you, everyone. Uh, It was a pleasure, and thank you, uh, Darren, once again. And uh, back to
0: you. Okay, thanks for that comprehensive overview. Now, I don't know if you are aware, but when you were talking, the slideshow that you put up it wasn't moving so it all it stayed on one slide uh, i don't know whether that was intentional or not but anyway yeah uh, but,
1: it, it, my computer it, it moved but i was that you
0: were
1: <laughs> not,
0: to the slides? not sure. uh it's okay it's okay I, I think you you're pretty explicit in uh covering what what are key points that people need to kind of keep in mind i've i've i for those who want to ask questions, you can type them in the box below and, and we'll have a look at them and we'll reply, we'll reply to them or discuss them in the order in which they receive. But I have some questions before we get to, so I claim my rights as the, as the host to ask some questions uh, before everyone else. So this the idea of someone being based in Israel and forming a company, an uh, LLC, particularly in the U.S. Uh you so you, you did touch on that in a lot of detail. I know that there are websites that that target people in Israel and in Europe, and they kind of give the impression that hey, you form you stay where you are, you form an LLC in Delaware, and whatever that LLC does is going to be free of tax wherever you are. But I think you've made that clear that you need basically economic substance, you need boots on the ground, someone running it for you in the U.S. Otherwise it'll be taxable back, back in Israel. Uh, so I, I, that, that point was well made and I think that's important that people hear. So here's my question coming out of that. Does the ITA check for substance? If so, how do they normally make that inquiry?
1: Okay, so usually when you file a, a, your Israeli tax return, there is what we're calling 150 form, 150 form. And you have to report in this form all your non-Israeli uh, hand companies. And there uh, are quite a lot of questions in this form. For example, do you have a non-Israeli managers? How many of the, of the shareholders in percentage are from Israel? What is the company doing? What is the taxation rate outside of Israel? Is it an active or passive company? Uh, uh, where is the management? And, and many, many questions. And this question having the IT to decide
0: whether the, this is a managing control company from Israel or not. Okay, so that's important. So the actual tax return itself is the, from the IT, it is quite detailed. So that's where they'll pick it up. Okay, that, that that's good to know. Now, you also went into a lot of detail, I, I thought, which is really good on options. And of course, for, especially for, for for people working in, in the tech sector. It, it's of course a quite a popular means of, of compensating people for taking the risk and whatever. So options comes out, uh, comes up a lot for, for both of us, I'm sure. So just, just to be clear, like, so in the US, there are statutory stock options and non-statutory stock options. Basically, uh, if it is that you're getting options as a US taxpayer, if you're getting options from a US company, chances are, it may be statutory tax option. So when you awarded the option, so like when you, many times you have to buy the options, right? So if there's a delta between uh, the price that you pay for it and what the market value is, uh, then the, the difference may be compensation to you. And then when it vests, when it vests, if it is stat- if it is statutory tax, if it is a statutory tax option, when it vests to you, you may not be taxed on it, but when you sell it, you pay, you pay capital gains. Whereas if it's non-statutory, when it vests, it's income to you, and then you pay capital gains whenever you sell it on. And the from non-statutory options, the ones that come from non-American companies, the IRS likes it. When you pay that tax up front, you determine a value and you pay the tax upfront when you are awarded options, but Israel sounds as if it treats it quite differently. So is there a difference between options that are awarded by an Israeli company versus options that are awarded from a non-Israeli company? And and what, and could you just go over when exactly is it taxable? When you get the option, if there's a Delta or when it vests or when you sell or all three? Okay, so uh, there's
1: a difference if you receive the option in Israeli and non-Israeli company. If you receive it in Israeli company, usually most of the Israeli companies are checking the 102 section, meaning that uh, there is a capital gain and only when you sell the share, Mm -hmm. I mean, only when you sell it. So you can uh, have invested, you can uh, keep it uh, for many, many years, but you pay only when you sell it. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if an Israeli person is receiving a, a non-Israeli uh, a non-Israeli company uh, 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 capital, if you receive shares, uh, you pay uh, let's say on a monthly basis or, or a quarterly basis at the time you receive the share, he pays because you receive the benefit and if you then sell it, you receive the extra the extra amount. If you're still in the US, uh, probably there will not be a problem because U.S. will have the, the first bite of on this income, uh, but you will pay in Israel marginal tax rate. Assuming he's still an Israel tax resident, let's say he moved to one year of the locations somewhere uh, that. If you receive uh, an options, this is the more uh, uh, problematic area uh, because in Israel. Uh, uh, Should pay the tax uh, uh, only when, when uh, not on the vesting period, but when he exercised the option into into share. And and then, if he paid the US on the vesting period, and then in Israel he come to Israel and then he he uh, exercised into shares, then he he can find certain problem that US want to tax him and Israel also want to tax him. Uh, and therefore, Israel is in relocation, uh, uh, which has saved options in both Israeli, but also more important, non-Israeli companies, it's better to consult before they come back to Israel, and sometimes to make the exercise, if they can, before they're coming back.
0: Mm. Okay. Thank you thank you for that that that, because that is obviously quite quite a tricky situation now i'm going to go to the questions in a few questions were submitted and gary i see that you typed a question below thanks for that we'll we'll get to that soon uh just quickly somebody's asking uh about president biden's tax plan and his, his plan yes he there's it hasn't passed right so right now it's still being debated and discussed in congress so obviously it'll be subject to negotiation and what the White House wants, it'll have to compromise. But at this point in time, what the White House is looking for is an increase. They're looking for, they're looking for a lot of stuff, but for people who may be doing business internationally, like the, the audience here today would be, you're looking at an increase in personal income taxes. The highest marginal tax rate right now is 37. And they're proposing for that to go up to 39, 39.6 uh so you know depending on what your situation is you add state income tax to it and you kind of looking at a really high marginal tax rate potentially if it is you have capital gains and your income is over 1 million then the part of the proposal is those capital gains would not be given the preferred capital gains at least long term capital gains rate which is half of that like it's 20% plus the net investment tax, but roughly 20%. The proposal is for capital gains for higher income earners to be taxed at ordinary tax rates, which is going to be huge because that basically doubles it. That's a big one. There's a step up in basis, right? So for example, if someone passes and you like your parents pass and you receive property like a home from them, there's this sort of basis in that property for when you sell it on, would be uh, the, the value at the time when the person passed and you received it, right? But it's proposed that that whole step-up in basis be removed. So the value would be, which you need to calculate uh, the capital gains, would be when your parents bought it. So the original purchase price as opposed to when you inherited it. So that whole step-up in basis, that, that's, that's a big one. Uh, they're, they're also proposing a, a billionaire tax So a 20% minimum tax, but the the, the trick in that one is it doesn't necessarily apply to billionaires. It applies to anyone if they have assets in excess of hundred million. So that's not exactly a billionaire, right? So, but, and for, and that may sound like a lot, but if you're working in a tech startup and, you know, things are going well and, you know, you know, the valuations are being pushed up. Before you know it, you may be sitting on an asset that's worth more than hundred million and you are gonna be hit with this minimum tax, even though you may not have had a liquidity event. So it, it's kind of messy, but it's what's being discussed anyway. They're looking to repeal the carried interest and that's the last one I'll touch on. And of course, for those who invest in fund structures that allows you to enjoy the, the returns from a fund structure at long-term capital gains rate as opposed to ordinary income rates. So that again is being proposed, but everything is subject to negotiation. So this is just in the proposal phase. This is what's being looked at right now. So I hope that answers your question. And then Gary, Gary's asking you, Ariel, a question uh, about, so I'll read it for the the benefit of those who are not in Zoom. Uh, Ariel, you mentioned a one-year deferral can you repeat what the one year provides? It wasn't clear, can you please repeat that?
1: Yes. Uh, the one year is a commendation period, meaning that if a person comes to Israel, whether it's for the first time or as a veteran resident, veteran returning resident, he can elect uh, that this, the first year will be an accommodation year. For what this is important, there are people that came to Israel and are not sure, they're not sure when they're coming uh, whether uh, this process of coming to Israel is uh, Aliyah, uh, we walk out. And they're afraid that they come to Israel and after a few months they come back to the US and then, or any other place in the world, and then the 10 years of the exemption clock will start ticking while they are not in Israel and they're not using these benefits. I mean, they want to come to Israel, but maybe they'll Move back and forth and, and come back to Israel after a few years. Uh, and then they can elect uh, and tell the ITA, well, I want to use this year as a recommendation year, meaning that if they will leave Israel before the end of this uh, year, uh, this year uh, will not, they will not be regarded as an Israeli tax resident in this year at all. And this will not uh, 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 trigger their 10 years of benefit. It's very important to people that are coming to Israel. Are not sure, but they know that somewhere, so it's sometime in the future they will not want to come to Israel. For example, you come to Israel, you know that in five years you will live in Israel for good, for sure. But maybe you'll come now, but or maybe you'll come in five years, and you want to make sure that you will not lose five years of. A, of a, tax
0: benefits, so you choose this a, a condition period. Okay, wonderful. I think Gary is happy with that explanation. So, okay, fantastic. If you have any more questions, Gary, feel free to, to just type them in the box below. I have a question here in crypto. So, in the US, right, when you sell crypto and you receive fiat or regular currency in exchange. So that that triggers a taxable event, right? That's a capital gain or loss. Now, unless you're a trader, which is treated separately. So in, in Israel, it's the same, correct? When you sell crypto for fiat, that'll trigger a capital gain or loss. So the question is, what about when you sell crypto for crypto? So if you, you give up one crypto and you exchange it for another, is that a taxable event? Yes,
1: in, in, in Israel, every transaction with okay. the crypto, is a tax event. I mean, if you buy Bitcoin, change it to Ethereum, change it back to Bitcoin, change it back to USD. Mm-hmm. Every transaction is a tax event in Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, most of the Israeli will pay a capital gains tax, meaning 25%, same as the uh, shares if you're not uh, trading with uh, crypto, have a business of crypto. Uh, but every transaction, uh, if you're moving from one uh, uh, cryptocurrency to another, uh, you will have a tax event.
0: Okay, gotcha. Now, in terms of the, so taxable event being the, the difference between the purchase price and the selling price. So, and the follow-up question from that. So the, in the US, you have the, the purchase price, but you're also allowed to increase that basis in the, in the coin or, or the NFT, whatever it may be. With it, if you had to pay any fees or any sort of commissions or royalties, is, are you allowed to increase basis with other cost items uh, with the Israel tax system?
1: Yeah, basically all your cost related expenses are are getting into your cost basis. I mean, of course, the the market pay for it, but also if you have fees, if you have a a lawyer here, if you have anything that you have to pay which is related to this will be added to your costs.
0: Okay, that's helpful to know. Uh, Another question for someone who's self-employed, someone is self-employed and they receive uh, crypto... As compensation for whatever service they, they have rendered. Now, when they if, if they were paid in regular fiat, you mentioned that obviously self employment taxes would apply. I think you mentioned that in your presentation. Would the same apply if they were paid in crypto? That it would trigger uh, the normal social charges, and that would that would apply if you were being paid in fiat. So
1: if you are sent on the your income in crypto. First of all, it's like receiving any other income. You have to pay a tax on that as any other income that you have. Mm -hmm. And then when you sell it to Fiat or or, or any other currency, you will have a capital gain. I mean, the first action of receiving the crypto, check the value, and this is your regular income. You'll pay income tax in Israel, you'll pay If you're a tax person, you'll pay also a, a your initial security on that mm-hmm. the next
0: transaction would be capital gain gotcha perfect understood so basically the same as in the u.s we have a question from avery down below uh i'll read it for be- for the benefit again of those who are not on zoom any type of capital gains are not taxable in israel during the first 10 years so is he's we seek he or she is seeking confirmation that capital gains are not taxable in Israel during the first 10 years, question mark? Is that true? Uh,
1: it's not any type. I mean, if you're, again, if you're entitled to benefit of your first-time Israeli tax resident or veteran retirement resident, you are entitled to 10 years of exemption from capital gains on non-Israeli capital gains, which means that if you are selling a, a, an Israeli company a share, uh, for example, you, you will have to pay tax on that. If you are selling a non-Israeli a company, you will be you will be exempt. Uh, um, but if it's a, a, an asset in Israel that you are buying and selling an asset in Israel or a, a company shares in Israel or something like that, you will have to pay tax on that.
0: Okay. Okay. Avery is happy with that reply. Fantastic. That's. I'm not seeing. I'm going to have a quick check on Facebook and see what's happening over there. See so if there are any more questions from that side. No, there are not. So, uh, guys, any more questions? All right. So, short and sweet. We're glad that we're able to answer all your questions here today. We'll not answer answer, but we have hopefully giving you the key concepts that you need to take away and discuss with whoever your preferred advisor would be. Ariel, thank you for your time. Once again, deeply appreciate it. And just for, just, you know, to drive that message home, how can people reach you if they want to reach you? Remember, some people cannot see the the screen and the slides that you had. So do you want to give a shout out to your email address, your website, your phone number? Now, you. I will put
1: my website in the chat uh, and okay. you can also Google Amos Katz & Co in call, mm-hmm.
0: of, of English and you'll find out. Okay. So Ariel Katz, that's the guy that you want to talk to with any Israeli tax issues and that's www.amoskatz.co.il Ariel, thank, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. See you next time. Bye-bye. 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 So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life. Please subscribe, like, share, and comment below.
1: Email us at help at hdj.tex to engage us, to advise on international tax or business matters.